When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious and in family-sized cartons. I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream, and their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious or their organ strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I got to go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's spring collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B. O-M-B-A-S dot com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. If there's one thing a girl can't resist, it's a Kiwi accent as bad as this. We saw Don't Tell Her It's Me or, depending on where you watched it, Boyfriend School. So you know what that means. Now it's time for Hello, people of Earth. It is I, Tall John Shear. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today we're talking about the Shelley Long. Uh, Steve Gutenberg, Jamie Gertz, romantic comedy classic uh, that you've never heard of before. Uh, just to give you a quick overview of this movie, uh, Steve Gutenberg is a recovering Hodgkin's survivor, and uh, he is looking for love. And his romance novelist sister decides to help him out the best way she knows how, which is to turn him into a character from one of her romance novels. Oh, boy. This movie is weird, uh, and here to break it down uh, is my co-host, Mr. Jason Manzoukas. Welcome, Jason. Uh, th- you know what? I'm going to be honest, Paul. I-, I learned a lot during this movie. You know, it really, as a single person out here in this world, it really, I, I really was helpful. I'm excited to dig in, uh, most especially uh, on the scene with the sensuality expert, but uh, for now... Uh, I'm excited to jump in with you guys. So uh, thrilled to be here. 
I mean, we don't often do a romantic comedy and one that is kind of timeless. So uh, here to talk to us even more about this and break it down is someone who loves a romantic comedy. My other co-host, please welcome June Diane Raphael. How are you, June? I'm okay. How are you, Paul? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Um, I know that you often, June, when we assign these movies, you're like, oh, it's a ninja movie. Oh, it's an action movie. And you always are looking for a romantic comedy. What are you thinking now that you got it? Oh, I'd still prefer this any day of the week um, over like ninja movies and uh, uh m- movies with superheroes and all that stuff. So I definitely prefer this. I mean, this is Shelley Long and like there was so much I loved about this. I have a controversial statement. This went down very easy, especially in these times. This was not hard to get through at all. Not not least of which because I am a fan of all of these people. Yes. yes. Like, Every Shelley single Long one of them. is crushing it in this movie. She is so funny. <laughs> Gutenberg, a Gutenberg in a fat suit, in a bald cap. Gutenberg as Dog the Bounty Hunter. Every iteration of Gutenberg, I'm also obsessed with. And then Gertz, you know me. I'm I'm just gaga for Gertz, you know? I mean, it's not my my dear, my number one Annabeth Gish, but it is a close second, Up you there. know? Yeah, and, no, you know, I did not mind my time at the boyfriend school. <laughs> I, I did not either. I, I have to say this movie I, I, is... I fear I have been expelled. Is my, Jason, is my, I, yeah, I don't think you're a graduate of the boyfriend school. I Clearly not. I, I'm like, I'm like, do I need to do semester abroad? Do they do like, is there an is there a adult extension Summer classes? At sea? Boyfriend School is an interesting title for this movie. Um, The movie was originally called Boyfriend School. It's based on a book. Um, It was a rejected title because it tested bad, and they retitled it Don't Tell Her It's Me. And this is how I remember this movie. When I used to work at Blockbuster Video, on the shelf was Steve Gutenberg dressed as Dog the Bounty Hunter. And, you know, Jamie Gertz is, like, around his thigh, kind of like Princess Leia and Star Wars. And then up in a thought bubble is, like, normal Steve Gutenberg shrugging, like, bloop. What did I do? And I never went further. But this movie is kind of like a perfect 80s movie. It's It really is. It really has all the hallmarks of like 80s romantic comedies, which all seem to hinge on someone needing to be tricked in order for love to occur. Like a lot of mm. a lot of 80s movies, whether it's Tootsie or Mrs. Doubtfire or which is a little bit different because that's Robin Williams trying to get to see his kids. But there's like a lot of 80s movies that involve, if I just change my appearance, I can Mm -hmm. trick this person either into falling in love with me, letting me back into my children's lives, letting me express myself as an actor. There is a lot of weird, just basic like fraud and moral and ethical trickery going on in a way that is unsettling for everybody. Well, listen, aren't we all, though, sort of presenting our best selves <laughs> not while me. we're dating? Not me. I mean, You're my not. deal is first date, I'm ripping farts just to oh, set a baseline, just to be <laughs> like, this is what's up. 
See, Paul doesn't know. I mean, we've been together for 15 years. Like he's still in it. This has been a very long con. I still haven't <laughs> shown him everything. I mean, I've never seen June go to the bathroom. That's 15 years in. That's how much of the con is going on. I like on. a real separation of church and state there. <laughs> here's and Paul, here's why the did thing. you ask me for all those tiny spy cameras? Well, that's for a different situation. <laughs> uh, that's a private thing that I'm working oh, on. got it. Yeah. So don't worry about that. Yeah, that's no happening worries. in... That's happening in public bathrooms all across the country. This shutdown totally. was really good you know, for you're me. You're just to... making sure you're trying to make sure people are wearing masks in there. Exactly. I, I have a couple things working out, but you can join me on my fans-only account to watch those live streams. It's only forty dollars a month. That's a lot of content. That's 150 <laughs> spy camps in bathrooms all around the country. Just various uh, bathrooms. And you said, I believe you said in your email blast, high to low. Like some are in very expensive yes. hotels, and some mm-hmm. are in public par- park bathrooms. Oh, yes. And I also meant high to low also and where the camera is. So yes. sometimes you're getting uh, sometimes upper it's just torso. An overhead. Yeah. You're... Sometimes it's just the top of someone's head and like they're, they're, they're in thighs. Whatever floats your boat, you know, and that's what I cater to. And that's what my fans know, on my fans only page. Um, here's the thing that I want to say about this movie. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's bananas in so many ways. But to Jason's point, these movies in the 80s that built themselves around this giant conceit, there's no escape from the conceit. Like, there's no end game. It's like, it's a great, like, you'll be Lobo, this Kiwi motorcycle man, and you'll seduce her. And then what? Like, what? what's the end point? There's never an end point of deceit. any of these plans. The end point is deceit, really. <laughs> it, is, it is, it's the idea, I, I guess, is, and by the way, the fact that the idea to transform Steve Gutenberg into Lobo doesn't happen until minute 45. It's not That's what's so crazy. I was like, at that point, okay. I was like, wait a minute. Is this going to be a switcheroo movie? This is what I didn't understand. Why doesn't Shelley Long's character, who her, her entire career is based on like figuring out female desire and what women want and what they want in a man. Like, why does she wants her brother Gus to be married, to have a girlfriend so badly and to find love? Why does she push him out looking and behaving the way he does? Why not wait for him to recover? Why why can't she, you know, no offense to, uh, I can't remember Shelley Long's character's name. You know what? Metal at home. Metal at home. There's a lot going on at home that needs attention. Oh, I mean, is there her ever? daughter. Is there her ever? daughter appears to be on some sort of active <laughs> suicide <laughs> attempt at all times. Her daughter okay. is very facile with tools and is trying to constantly eat or use uh, uh, or, or engage with incredibly difficult and dangerous things. I need to play a, a little bit of a montage of all the ways that the daughter tries to off herself. The daughter, uh, whose of- name is Annabelle, but who they all call Piglet in a way that I'm like, you wonder why she's not talking, why she's participating in selective mutism. Yes. <laughs> The piglet had to have come first. No, piglet was a really disturbing name. There's a lot of weird stuff in that house. I will say, as we're shouting out all of our favorite actors, the the guy who plays Shelley Long's husband, A plus plus. He plus. was. That's what I mean. Like everybody, everybody is is just hitting straight up home runs. Every everybody in their little parts is great. Like the movie is, and I for one, I don't know about you, June. I know Paul. You said you saw it at Blockbuster. I was. Yeah. 100% unaware of this movie even existing. 
which is oh, so I was wow, surprised okay. by. So this was a like I was like, how are all of these people in this movie I've never heard of? Not never only that, heard of it. Even the supporting players are doing fucking great work. The guy that Jamie Gertz is on the douchey date with at the beginning is great. Kyle McLaughlin is great. Kyle uh, McLaughlin Ma- is great. Like everybody. We've got two Twin Peaks cast members. We've got like, it's a, like a fucking right. home run. Um, so here's the daughter trying to, to off herself. Here's a little montage of Shelley Long preventing her daughter from killing herself by describing how she would die if she continues to do what she does. Annabelle, what do you have in your mouth? Piglet, what has mommy told you about putting mineral oil compounds in our mouth? They dissolve oil-soluble vitamins, that means vitamin deficiency and disease. Give mommy the bold. Piglet, if you breathe gas, it will tie up all your available hemoglobin and there'll be none left for oxygen transfer. Your lips and nail beds will turn cherry red and you'll die of carbon monoxide poisoning. So yeah, Shelley Long is from this you know, I think she's well-meaning, but I want to talk about the beginning of the movie because Steve Gutenberg, when we first meet him, he writes these cartoons. They're kind of like Ziggy cartoons or, you know, uh, or at least the way that we see it. Like, um, And we're seeing his journey through battling Hodgkins through cartoons, but we don't, we're never really explicitly told that until. Yeah. The, the, the movie opens with a title sequence, a very long title sequence with like an eighties song that has, that uses his cartoon illustrations to tell the story of Gus, who is a cartoonist, like a, like a newspaper cartoonist. Yes. Um, who's gone through a battle with, uh, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And we then dissolve into finding him in what when I used to watch movies like this and I would see a place like this, like he lives in exactly when where when I was a kid, I was like, that's where I'm going to live. He lives oh. in a shack on the end of a pier that appears to be like a, a fishing shack or a boathouse. He lives in an active boathouse, which to me seemed so cool. Yeah. He's a cartoonist, so he draws on paper, and in his apartment is an industrial-sized fan. I was like, how could he draw when that fan is on? It would blow. There's an, there's- Here's the thing. He's a weekly cartoonist. He goes like, I am like a niche cartoonist for a niche paper that writes once a week. So he's not making that much money, but yet he is living on the water. And we, I think if we can go back to anything, like Drop Dead Fred... People in the 80s and early 90s wanted to live on the water. That was and what in single like life industrial was like. places. They all live in something that appears to be industrial or weird, like like bizarre, not a normal apartment. Like that's a way I feel like to illustrate this is a special person we should be yes. paying attention to because they don't live in just a high-rise apartment. <laughs> they live, this guy lives in an old boathouse and drives a Harley Davidson motorcycle. But does he drive it or is it just parked there? Because it seems like it has not been working for years. Well, the husband says to him, hey, Gus, you got the bike up and running finally. Looks good. You know, when he comes in, when Gus is Lobo and the husband almost blows it. Keep in mind, Jamie Gertz is a journalist. She's a journalist who cannot. There are so many clues that the man she is falling in love with is a fraud. And she is not examining it at all. Jamie Gertz is a horrible journalist. I'm going to point out the scene that I believe solves this case. Either she's a horrible journalist or she has facial blindness. Because at one point, she's sent to go interview Shelley Long and her romance uh, novelist character, Vivica Devereaux. 
And Shelley Long is standing in front of a standee of herself with a hat on, right? But you can see her face and it's like Vivica Devereaux here live in person. And Shelley Long standing in front of it. And she's like, huh, have you seen Vivica Devereaux? And Shelley Long is like, nope, I haven't seen her. And it's right, literally, it's as if she's <laughs> and standing Jamie next Gertz, to Jamie Gertz then goes on to like trash romance novels. Trash. So even if Shelley Long isn't Vivica, whoever, this person Jamie Gertz has engaged is also still at the romance convention. So they're probably still on board for whatever this is. Why come in so hard attacking? I guess because she thought, well, you're another journalist and we're both journalists, which means we're dead inside and don't believe in love and think this is a fraud or whatever. Um, But still, even like I loved the... Every iteration, uh, Shelley Long and Jamie Gertz, Jamie Gertz and Gutenberg, Gutenberg, every version of all these characters has perfect banter and they actually have chemistry, I thought. Which I thought so too. I mean, there's a lot to love about this movie. There really is. And the end, this movie is completely insane. Yes, <laughs> completely. It, it is completely insane. And there are some choices that are made in the movie. Like with, um, what's the daughter's name? Annabelle? Annabelle. Piglet. Yeah. Piglet. Like those choices, which right. are just, are, are, are insane and, and also borderline uncomfortable. Like where the tone and tenor of this movie at points is not anything you can grab onto. When Shelley Long is hanging up fish multiple times in, in several different scenes, she's hanging fish? Fish, in, yeah. In like her... trophy fish. Like, yeah, like, trophy fish. Like on the wall without any sign of irony, her house is not nautical. At one point, her house looks like it has a very strong Asian influence as she is, I mean, there's a little bit of a... Well, her husband yeah. also cre- it, it serves them a meal that is all, I believe, like Vietnamese cuisine or something like that. I can't remember what he says it's all from, but it, it they make... Th- that That is part of... They are making weird choices in yes. what is yes. otherwise fairly kind of standard archetypal kind of uh, romantic comedy beats. At every turn, they're filling it full of weird stuff, you know? That's the thing. There there were several points, even in the scene where um, Shelley Long is meeting Gertz, where, I mean, Paul and I were obsessed with, like, all the background actors and what was going on and who was passing frame and what what the hell I was going on I rewound it, like, there. three times because yeah. it was amazing. But, but, like, at every turn in the movie, which, again, I enjoyed... I would not have been surprised to see someone in the background like being murdered. Or well, here's what I'll say. At every I will say this. I I, I enjoyed every scene of the movie for the most part. Everything everything had things that made me laugh. Like the the stuff like they there was great physical comedy, there was great situational comedy. There was a lot of stuff that was going on that I genuinely was engaged with. But In every single scene, if the police had arrived, they would have had cause to arrest at least one, if not more, (laughs) of the people in that scene. Everybody is continuously committing crimes against each other only because they're trying to do something good. (laughs) It is nuts. Defund the police. And even the people committing crimes are doing it in a crazy way when the when the well, we'll get into the robbery sequence, but even the robber's like partner is entering in with a machete. I, like I was what? like, what? 
A, a I woman wanna... comes into a gas station wielding a machete. a machete, and Jamie Gertz throws a a cooler of beer on her, and a it's disposable like... cooler of ice. It's like they like oh, as if ice. they kept ice in disposable coolers. So you're like, I want to buy ice and I want to buy disposable <laughs> cooler, but I don't have time to separate them myself, and I need them yeah. right away. Like it was already sitting there waiting. Today's podcast is brought to you by. Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places. And I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better, and that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, Eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you. Found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. I just want to go back to the romance novelist convention because I saw something and I said to June, did you just see that? I said that and it comes up later, but it's worth mentioning now. I said that uh, mannequin has a dick. And she's like, no, he doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. And I rewound it. And yes, the woman, the sensuality expert, is seated earlier in the romance convention carrying a dummy. And you just see this dick hanging out. And I was like, this is crazy. And then I I go, well, and then June's like, oh, my God. And I said, June, let me rewind it again because I want to show you this other thing. There's a lot of cosplay going on at this romance convention. And one of the cosplays is a nun. Okay, I get that. But then this Hooded, mysterious man. I think it might have been a monk. I did not realize that people come dressed like like uh, like Comic-Con to romance conventions. Because there's like all those Dolly Partons, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be, I mean, I'm assuming they're trying to like play up like 
the the, the, the dismissibility that Jamie Gertz would want to or be able to dismiss this as frivolous or not Got it. not worth her journalistic interest that it is dismissible, you know? The crazy thing about that 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 mannequin though, Paul, is it's not here's what's so I mean, we'll talk about the sensuality instructor, oh. but that like it's not like a a sex doll. It's like it is it's almost like um one of those art it's models, like a CPR like a sculpture it almost feels model. like a CPR yes. type dummy, but it is But not even that. It looks like it looks like one of those smaller figurines, those models you like see an artist in art figurine. class to give you. Yes. It's like an artist figurine, but bigger, but but like wooden, right? The one that's on the the one that's the the woman version that she brings to the fishing shack. The man I mean, version, she just rips off the a man dick. Version. It's just the man version because she just rips off the dick. But although the the body no, still has, has breasts, it has breasts, and doesn't she put a vagina on it? No, she rips the dick off of it. Uh, oh, she throws it over her shoulder because she goes, "Okay, let's do this." Rip and tosses it over her her shoulder. Oh, so okay. listen, gender's a construct. But <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I misunderstood that because I thought she had brought a female model to teach him about the erogenous zones that she's pointing at. One model has all the parts. It uh, seems oh, like. Oh, 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 I get it. I get so, it. So yes. Okay. Oh, that makes. Okay, now it makes. Because okay, sure. it seemed like yeah. the dick was attached by Velcro. Because and I think obviously it was they they just wanted that moment to have her go rip and toss the dick. Off. I will say I don't know if this is just because I haven't had any human contact in three months. That that model that dummy was looking good to me. <laughs> I was like I'm I'm into like that ankle. Like yes, tell me more about the ankle as the erogenous zone. <laughs> I mean that scene uh that scene was an amazing scene because I there I think this movie does something really interesting which I don't think it really um makes fun of romance novelists and I think that's an easy choice to do to make fun of uh of romance novelists something that I have been called out for and I I've learned my lesson and I've enjoyed a romance novel now as an adult male and I am all for uh romance novelists uh, I think this movie does a great job at like kind of validating their art but this woman, the sensuality expert, I don't know if she's totally the woman I want to hear because uh, was she I love was I she love suggesting Beth, Beth Grant is that actress? Beth Grant is is amazing and she's, in everything. I was like, oh, the fact that this is Beth Grant, I was like, this is all I want. The only other person I would maybe have wanted in that part would be um Grace Zabriskie, who would <laughs> who would complete the trifecta of Twin Peaks uh character <laughs> actors in this show. But wait, but like, I mean, but what was she suggesting when she said you got to like tongue the mouth when she like got over the dummy and started like blah, 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 with her tongue over? The, was she saying like, I'm not going to put my tongue in here, but this is what you should do? Or was she saying literally you need to just like dangle your tongue outside oh, of the mouth? It felt like she was saying tease the woman's lips with your tongue. Like, okay, but that, but let me be clear. I don't think that's what she should be. That, that, that to me made her, I made me question her, uh, the validity of her as a sensuality expert because, and that's, I don't and that's think, what I was getting at. That the I don't ro- think like fully this. extending your tongue and licking at the lips of the other person is part of, <laughs> should be part of kissing. <laughs> I mean, but that was the craziest thing because. She's on the right track. Like she's talking about the erogenous zones and Steve Gutenberg 
I want to get into Steve Gutenberg too. Steve because- Gutenberg, meanwhile, is hearing all of this with his sister looking at him like, so, like it's it's as if Shelley Long acts about her brother the way somebody would act overprotectively about like a child. This, yes. And I have to say, I'm going to say something. It's not going to be popular. I'm always, oh God, I'm going to say it. Oh boy. I'm always a little creeped out by adult brothers and sisters who are very close. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, that's it? Who Just who are close? <laughs> Wait, that, wait, you don't that, like that? You don't actually, like, that actually is controversial. I thought you were going to say something. Wait, you, you don't. You're hey, just mistrustful of brother sister just, sibling relationships that are close. <laughs> no, listen, I come from a family of two sisters, so it's all I know. I never had a brother, but something about oh, it when God. I see it, an adult, not kids. Not teens, but an adult brother and sister who are like so into each other's lives. Well, um, it's it's about for me. I understand what you're saying in this regard, in that it's so much about the performance of sexuality. The mm-hmm. idea that the sister would watch a woman teach her brother how to please a woman—that's the part that I'm like. Hey, Shelly Long, step outside while the sensuality expert does her work. You don't have, you can connect, you can set your brother yeah. up, you can whatever, you can well, host dinner. Too. But yeah. here's the question I have. And I think what this movie makes a very complicated case for is we meet Steve Gutenberg post cancer treatment, right? So he's, I, I, I don't know if it's because of the cancer treatment that he's overweight. He's obviously bald because of the chemo. I get all of that. But she treats him like he's a loser. And it's also like, but he's also recovering from cancer. So it's an odd thing where she's like, if he didn't have cancer and he was just like a a guy who maybe had a little bit of weight on him and wasn't taking care of himself and eating bad food, like I get, I get like why she needs to get him out of that rut. But the fact that he's like recovering from cancer, I'm like, well, what was he before cancer? Because rushing him. She's really like, he's very vocal about like, hey, like back off a little bit. Like I'll get there when I get there. And I don't mind her looking out for him. But the idea that she's kind of forcing. To a certain degree. Yeah. Like a brother and sister should look out for each other. (laughs) Yeah. But then like back off. But no more. Yeah. Don't get, don't get so close. But are we to to believe though that before this, like he was a total loser? Because when he does lose weight and this movie could take place, I mean, this movie looks like it could have taken place over six months because he loses a tremendous amount of weight. He grows in a full head of hair, like not like not a, a full head of hair. Um, and, and women think he's attractive and he seems funny and light and lovely, but she's like, that's not good enough. Yeah. You, you that's as an attractive, a charming man. Well, yeah. The, her idea is that like, you can't, not only are you the, you know, post-cancer, post, you know, like as you're recovering, obviously he's in, he's in rough shape and that's fine. You know, he'll, and he's saying I'll come out of it. But then she doesn't just turn him back into himself. She essentially is like, nobody will like you unless you follow the beats of a romance novel. And I turn you into, you have to be a foreigner. You have to be unavailable. You have to bail on her. You have to disappear. You All these, it's basically a rules kind of uh, setup. Like if you follow these rules, you'll successfully trick a woman into liking you. 
And but, then- it, but, but he's in love. And this is the other thing too. He's in love with Jamie Gertz and the, and he falls in love with her through seeing her through a window, not saying anything. He's like, she is like a, a playboy playmate of the year. He knows nothing of her personality. And he's like, that is the girl of my dreams. It's, it's, it's so, he, he uses the phrase, I feel like in an effort to convince the audience that this is not as weird and creepy as it is, he keeps saying over and over that he fell in love with her at first sight. He, he uses the phrase love at first sight and I fell in love with you the first time I saw you over and over again in an effort to be like, I promise I'm not doing this for the for to, for to nefarious purposes. I'm not just trying to like bed this woman and now I like her. He's always pursuing love. Like, that's the way I feel like they get around the moral quandary is to have right. him also be, he keeps also saying things like, it's not fair to to, to Shelly Long. He'll say, yes. it's not fair to Emily. I have to tell Emily. I have to say the truth. And Shelly's Long, Shelly Long is like, don't you dare. They <laughs> don't have you to make dare these, tell the truth. They have to make these characters likable because even at one point when Shelly Long like confronts Jamie Gertz, and this is about minute 40 or in the late 40s, when you finally reveal that he has, Hodgkins, uh, she goes, you know, she says that to her. And Jamie goes like, oh, I knew he was sick, but not with Hodgkins. Like, it's like, it's like, so like, it like, it like lessens like, oh, if I knew that I would have been a little bit nicer, but it's like a bizarre, like everybody is like kind of shaving off anything that is uh, controversial about their personality. It does. He does have, you know, so, you know, Shelley Long basically writes a character for him, this character, this New Zealand Man Lobo. named Lobo, who is not Lobo the Marenga. not the not the comic book character Lobo, although <laughs> that would be amazing. But um, he is like Ed, looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter when he drives rides the motorcycle up to the gas station to park next to Jamie Gertz while Jamie Gertz is pumping gas, and Jamie Gertz is so like besotted with this guy on a motorcycle that gas ruptures out of her car <laughs> all over her. She like gushes gas out of her car. It is very gushes crazy. Gas. And then she just takes her. Now her hands are soaked with gasoline, which she wipes on her dress. I'm like, your oh. dress is now soaked with gas. What are you doing? She's also got a lot of stuff going on with that dress. When she goes over to the kid's, uh, to his Jelly Long's house, the kid puts the bolt in her mouth, spits the bolt into her dress. And then she decides, there's a small ink blot on her dress. She decides to take off the dress and like wash it at the house. And just, just like be, that later. That be big in this deal. stranger's house in like undergarments. Lingerie. While I guess her laundry is being done, how long would that take? I guess my question is, who is Jamie Gertz? I love Jamie Gertz, but who is she? Like, what has she got going on that is so engaging? Like, she doesn't seem to. She the only thing that we know about her she's is the best she's in a bad relationship, afford. and she's into this guy. Like, we don't know that much about like where her feelings are, what she wants, anything. We know nothing about her. Well, I think we're getting her at a period where she's trying to figure that out. You know, um, she's trying to figure out, is she going to, you know, she's getting kind of pulled at work. She's not, they're putting her on stories that she doesn't want to cover instead of stories she does want to pursue. Her boss is her boyfriend or he isn't. You know, he's also he sleeping with his. seems to be fucking his, every, yeah. Yeah, he's also sleeping well, with his assistant or whatever. Um, so she's stuck. I mean, I, I, I get it. She's in some sort of situation where things need to change, but it really is. Shelly Long is inappropriately meddling in everyone's lives. 
in a way that makes and is rewarded for it in a way that to me, I was like, well, this is like pathological behavior on her part. She's <laughs> she's like she's doing things that lead everybody to behave dangerously and recklessly like Jamie Gertz drives the motorcycle in the third act of the movie, having never driven a motorcycle before in her life. Yeah, that's so crazy. What, 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 what are we doing? I mean, I, I, I'm i sure I'd be able to if it one was just there. <laughs> Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or, or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/bonkers. That's simplysafe.com/bonkers. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new cuz Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Oh, boy. Okay, well, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot to unpack because... In one sense, they make her to be so with it. But then she really, like you said, she falls apart when she sees Dog the Bounty Hunter. And, and, uh, and. Which leads me to believe that that was a, because Dog the Bounty Hunter did not exist at this time. We're using that as a cultural reference. But the character that we understand, Dog the Bounty Hunter, was not a public figure at this time and in this era, right? So this was a look that everybody universally at the movie, at the studio, and on every level, hair and makeup department, the director, everybody decided this is the look that women want. This is the look. It's a long mullet. It is crazy duster, long duster jacket. He looks like I don't even know what this character is, but it must be somehow the most universally believed and beloved, like, male image, uh, according to Shelley Long, you know? Okay, so Dog the Bounty Hunter wasn't... So is Dog the Bounty Hunter, as we know him now, based on Lobo? 
or is this wow that would be if that's the case my mind would like we're in like like the world is collapsing into itself I wait don't so know. you're saying you're saying that Dwayne Chapman was a big fan of boyfriend school it's and possible. he was <laughs> and it was like this is this is how maybe he's seducing criminals because his look is to seduce, not to capture criminals. So maybe that's his way of getting them in. They're, and the idea that that, that Shelley Long would think it was possible to transform Steve Gutenberg, not into like a desirable version of Steve Gutenberg, but a like. She like to dress him with a long mullet and an earring and jewelry and the duster and the motorcycle. She's categorically making him into someone he he cannot really pull off. Of and course he, not. And he doesn't, well, you know. No. And here's the but here's the interesting thing about Emily. So it almost I did not know. And again, it takes 40 minutes for him to arrive as Lobo. So during that time, Emily, because this is now her beat, is reading Shelley Long's books, mm. which <laughs> arrive somehow all glued together. Oh, as when, one she's, piece. when Shelley Long takes that? him off the <laughs> when she takes him off that? the bookcase, they clearly like a prop master was like, it's too weird for you to hold these. So they glued them all together. And it's so apparent that every one of those books is attached to each other. Of they course, never but I was fascinated by that choice because it was like, I think that what they wanted to say was this is her entire body. This is her entire body of work. So it's got to be a lot of books. But we all know that romance, romance books are these like fat, short, little stocky books that fat, are paper. Fat, short, and stocky. Wow. <laughs> Just like savage, Gus Kubitschek. A savage take on romance <laughs> novels. <laughs> but it was so wild to see them both handle a row of short, stubby books but as I one piece. I felt like they were doing, I don't know. I thought that I saw that as an attempt at a comedic beat. That was comedy. Because I don't understand comedy all the time. Very <sighs> open, overt. Like when, when they're in Jamie Gertz's apartment and the little girl has found a wrench and is trying to take apart the water heater or whatever she's doing with like tools. I was like, this is just straight up hilarious. This is, where did that girl <laughs> get the crazy. wrench? I was like, this is making me laugh that they're making such weird choices in this, so inside of this. I don't know if this is a weird choice or they just added the music later, but when the husband decides to put on some music because the dinner is so awkward. Um, by the way, I want to talk about the dinner in a second, but um, he puts on music and I think in his mind, he was putting on rock music, but then they like just slap in opera. Cause he like starts like jamming out on a guitar, like, yeah, but then it's opera music, <laughs> which I was like, if that's, there's so the, many weird, <laughs> the dinner, I could talk for the rest of the show about that dinner. I never want to talk about that dinner again. There were a few things in this movie that grossed me out and the dinner, the dinner party really grossed me up. But before we talk about the dinner, what I was going to say though, about Emily and her character is I thought within that first 40 minutes, what might be happening is that because Emily's reading through all those books, she's sort of falling into the romance narrative, meaning she's not the type of woman who would have necessarily fallen for Lobo. But because she's been so indoctrinated and stayed up late and is reading so many romance novels, 
that it's actually changing her. So I thought at one point what we were going to be dropped into was that she had to also kind of wake up from this spell because she is set up as a fairly intelligent woman who's able to call out men's bullshit, stand up for herself, correct people when they're calling her the wrong name, knows her worth. Looks at romance novelists and and romance stuff as from a position of, you know, kind of looking down on it in a way. She's not... She doesn't start the movie inside of those narratives. Oh, no, no, no. And then she automatically, in the drop, like with the drop of a hat, becomes so obsessed with this character. And we then don't find out any other information about her. We never hear about that story that she was working on. We, she seems to have given it pretty much all up. And... The next time we see her at work, at work, she is playing an arcade game. Called very like NARC. Well. She's playing NARC, an arcade and, game. And, and, by, like, and by the way, very why? well. She's playing it very, very well. She's and crushing. We got, but, you know, June, you're so right about that. Because like, I realized, like, I'm like, what is her character? But she did have a character in the first 15, 20 minutes. And then it just evaporated. And she just became, like, this object of desire who really just wanted that D so much so that at a certain point in the movie, she's got to barricade herself from that D by putting a, by putting a, uh, a chair in front of the door. Cause she doesn't trust herself not to go after that Lobo. Oh, after <laughs> she full blown kisses an unconscious man. I mean, I was like, what is happening right now? June, do you think that maybe again, you're talking about her character dumbing down. Do you think that, we see that character dumbing down by the fact that she's reading the romance novel out loud. No, I was obsessed with that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like they don't put a voiceover in. Why so, not a voiceover? Don't we all do that? She becomes so immersed in the world. <laughs> and the other strange thing that happens to her, I don't know if I'm the only one that felt this way. She starts off this movie. I thought she's never looked better. I was obsessed with every outfit. I loved the way she looked. As the movie goes on and she falls more in love with Lobo, those outfits get super strange. She looks disheveled. <laughs> you know what she I looks felt like, like? She's falling apart, and she's becoming the female Gus. That well, okay. So I I felt the same. I felt like as the movie went on, and she got stuck more and more in the narrative, that she started to feel more and more like a younger version of herself, like a yes. girl. She started to seem like she was dressing more like a younger yes. woman. She wasn't dressing. I mean, she's still going to work. She's still participating in her life, but she doesn't. She somehow in the second half of the movie feels like a younger version of the woman from the first half of the movie. Like, I think Absolutely. that actively, Shelley Long is Shelley Long's meddling is actively making Jamie Gertz's life demonstrably worse. Yes. Even though the movie is trying to tell us she's saving Jamie Gertz's life by giving her love. She's basically creating the worst stereotypes of of like a woman in love that she just she becomes nothing but just it's like people on on uh, The Bachelor. Like all I care about is this that's the only thing yes. that defines me now. Yes, this Oof. is the, the shocking this, indictment. Wait, okay, so to that end, to that end cuz one of the things I wrote in my notes that I was like I don't even understand what this is. What is and the what is and is the purpose of the shack dance? Oh, the shack dance. 
I mean, June, talk to me about that, too, because I feel like... What was this? Was this just because Dirty Dancing? Was this just like all 80s movies have to have dancing? What, what, flash dance, shack dance? What, what is this? What's, what's happening? What, what, what's happening? Is this how, is this how love works? It seems to me like the shack dance... I don't know. Did you go to boyfriend school? I did. Listen, I, again, I want to be very clear. I did not get into boyfriend school. My application gets rejected constantly. <laughs> Beth Grant will not return my calls. Only she will only let she only left me one message and said that was a character I played. Stop asking if I still have that mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the shack dance to me was like she's like I can't let you leave town without experiencing the shack dance, and they were in a shack, which makes me believe that that dance was originated there. She brought him to an empty shack. Where, where the painter father and the boy on the bike watch on as they why? dance why? in the why? middle of the why day. Why do there have to be observers? Like, okay, fine. There you should not have, have a, been any children in this movie. You want to have a romantic beat where you dance and like that's part of the physicality of falling in love? By the way, great. Why are there a father and son watching it happen the entire time as if they can sense True love is happening. Yeah. Like, or are they thinking, do we need to rescue this woman from this man who's clearly of like like again? I wanna I can't, if you've not seen the movie, I can't tell you enough that Steve Gutenberg appears to have come out of a Mad Max movie and is romancing <laughs> Jamie Gertz in a Laura Ashley dress. Like, I don't understand. With like this. leggings underneath. It's like she's wearing Laura Ashley dresses with leggings and then like black shoes. And, and by the way, she also, so I mean, Steve Gutenberg is wearing chaps that just outlines his crotch area. Like, when he gets off that bike, and I will say, yes, he does look like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but sometimes when the light hits him right, he looks like a wet D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. By the like, way, yes, agree. <laughs> yeah, agree. Like, it's not, I don't think that's wrong at all. You know, the hair is nuts. The hair is the, uh, the, nuts. Oh, and we haven't even touched on the fact that he's supposed to be from New Zealand, so is doing a bad Kiwi accent the whole movie. Let's just take a listen to that. Spirits for the spirits. It's an old Mary custom. Some would say superstition. But this little fella hasn't let me down yet. So he always gets his nip first. Looks like something off of Easter Island. Really? That reminds me of ham. And a man needs a bit of ham in his pocket when he's a rootless wanderer, twisting through this savage world in search of... of... What? Of a way to fill the yearning void within himself. Who knows? Mm -hmm. This accent is crazy. It's, this is, I mean, he's seducing her with this little pendant that he has on here, which by the way. What the fuck was that thing? <laughs> it was like from the Brady Bunch when they go to Hawaii, the cursed <laughs> idol from the Brady Bunch episode where they go to Hawaii. By the way, that, 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 um, that pendant has no resemblance to actually uh, Maori artwork. It's not, an, it's not. My a assumption key. was that was part of Shelley Long's plan. You wear this thing, you, you tell her a story there. about it, you leave it behind and she'll have to come and return it. She does say that, smart. that, that he... By yeah. the way, smart. Oh, you did yeah. that to me, June. I always... I oh, yeah. I always June leave something behind in a woman's house. It's usually a, a hot two, but don't worry about it. <laughs> this oh. is a great... I just want to put this out there for anyone who's in boyfriend school or girlfriend school. <laughs> Any of the students out there, 
Another great thing to do is if you're dating someone to text them and say something along the lines of like, oh, I'm so excited about tonight. I'll meet you there. Uh, like, you know, 730 at whatever place. And then write right back. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I sent this to the wrong person. Wow. That's something that you used to do? Uh-huh. Wait, sorry, what? Uh, it's a smart move. I, it's you, a smart oh, oh, oh. move. When you don't this have This is when plans. I was in girlfriend When you school. don't have plans, you mean, with someone. Exactly. I see. Same. And now I get it. Now I get it. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Keeping them interested. Just, keep, keeping, just letting them know, like, you got things going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got irons in the fire. Uh, many irons in the fire. Yeah. You know, um, to me... I learned a lot about boyfriend school and really <laughs> what did, what did Gus learn? Gus only learned like Jason said, deception and lies, nothing to keep a relationship only to ignite it. And at one point, and this is what I keep on going about the end game. It's like, was the goal to never reveal himself and just be Lobo forever? I don't think so. I think, I don't think that's tenable. Obviously I think it's basically her plan was, once you know you guys are in love, you can once, you know, once it's happened, because, you know, she has that when he's insisting to her when he uh, after the scene where as Lobo, he arrives with Emily to with Gertz to Shelley Long's house. But he's as he's Lobo and the husband that long physical exchange between him and the husband where the husband is calling him Gus and he's trying to say it's Lobo. I thought and that was hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. So funny. And he's like, B.O.? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was, was, make, it was really making me laugh. Again, that husband, great. He was great. Yeah. Kevin Scannell. Terrific. That guy was great. But this is also where I felt like, come on, Jamie Gertz. Like, you're a journalist. Pick up on what's going on here. But still, um, then Steve Gutenberg comes back and says to Shelley Long, I can't do this anymore. This is dishonest. I don't want this. And Shelley Long says, you just have to do the one last thing, you know, the one last thing. And right. you have to, you know, and it's like, she's really planning this thing step by step, but it's almost like, um, the game, you know, mm-hmm. Neil Strauss's book yes. about like, like, uh, or the pickup artist stuff mm-hmm. or about like negging a woman or peacocking, all of those elements are in Shelley Long's, like, romance narrative, you know? Yes. Yeah. Which is to perform a man that women want to be with, even though you are the man that women should be with. But for a one-night stand, the game is for a one-night stand, and he's like, I love her. So in this world, if they do fall in love, everything she's fallen in love with, the accent the the you know the fact that he rides the motorcycle it's all not true like so it doesn't well, he does it, ride a motorcycle well i mean only for lobo no no that's his motorcycle that's his it motorcycle his, from the past from the past okay so i guess that's okay that's i, I guess think from that's the past. It. i think that was a pre that i think we're supposed to believe that's a pre cancer he rode a motorcycle okay got okay that's all, that's all. Um, okay because the husband says oh gus you got the motorcycle up and running that's great looks great or whatever he says you know? i will say i will say this that uh when they are trying to really embrace the kiwi of him they play a peter gabriel song underneath this movie by the way is <laughs> full of underscore like every moment of this movie has music just pulsing through it but there's that not dinner a dinner scene when 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 the dinner scene is happening and it's silent and it's so awkward the dinner scene was like a tour de force of physical comedy. Jamie Gertz oh God, eating the jellyfish so sa- uh, dish, the jellyfish dish itself. Then the husband going on and turning on like loud, like incredibly loud Wagner or something like really like pummeling like that. 
And then them leaving and then Jamie Gertz and Steve Gutenberg trying to have a conversation while incredibly loud music was happening made me laugh. What, what, what about the fact when she's going to vomit and she looks over at Steve Gutenberg's face and it's ballooned out like yes. disgusting. Like it looks like a garbage pail kid from that movie that we did. Like it looks like bleh, like she's like, almost seems like she is like tripping like the jellyfish yes. dish has, yes. is giving her hallucinations. or something. I wish she puked on the table. That's what oh, I wanted. So much. She, she ran off and it's like, oh, it would have been so great to really like just like a real big I, know, I wanted that too fairly brothers vomit scene oh there is yeah there's so much in here that is so crazy and they frame it like the dog likes gus but the dog just seems to put his nose in his crotch and in a very aggressive way right it's not like he likes him he just n- nails him in the balls that you know but that's just to set up the right the scene like that and the fact that that the that Annabelle Piglet only the only word she will say is some form of uncle, right? Which is the same uncow, uncow. Yes, yeah, and that's all. It's really Ugh. just so that the tension will be built when he's there as Lobo, and suddenly the sure. dog and Jamie Gertz said, "Didn't you say the dog only likes your brother?" This is weird. <laughs> but by the way, like, I also love that he walks into an armed robbery. Like, that was not part of the plan, although it seems like it would have been revealed to be part of the plan. Like, Both he diffuses. Yeah, he def- yeah, he diffuses an armed robbery in this movie. If that didn't happen, this plan doesn't fully work. Keep in mind, this is what happens. She, She's at a gas station. He just pulls up next to her. Has he just been following her like a oh, weirdo? Oh, he's stalking, he's stalking oh, yes, her. Jason. So he's stalking Very her. He much pulls so. up. They, she spills gas on herself. She goes in and unknowingly walks into an armed robbery, okay? He walks in. He saves the day. He's a hero. Okay, the guy says, you're gonna, you're a hero. You're going to be on. I'm going to tell the papers about you or whatever. And he's like, I got to get out of here. No cops. They get in her car and leave. So his motorcycle with the license plate registered to him is just there. So... So the the guy at the gas station is going to be like, well, the guy that saved the day was driving that motorcycle, officer. Like, like he will be found out immediately that he's not done anything to cover his identity, even remotely. That's true. That bothered me. That bothered it's me. It's true. It I mean, almost, <laughs> that really broke the movie for me. Up until then, that it made total it. sense. <laughs> By the way, I just want to see a movie about the the robbing couple with the machete and the and the shotgun. I mean, that's that's a movie I want to get into. Oh it's yeah. Pretty- I, I, you know, the, a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the, of that couple. Yeah, except it's like Robert Downey Jr. and and uh, Juliette Lewis uh, in uh, what's it called? <laughs> uh, Natural Born Killer. Stone. Oh Thank yeah. You. <clears throat> I was kind of curious about like Shelley Long's personal view of romance. Yeah, based she didn't on, seem like, jaded by it. Well, and also just like based on her own relationship and domestic situation, like. And that's, I think, what's interesting about romance novels is they really do market to women who are married and married for many years, and they are, like, pure escapism and fantasy. And By the way, they're dirty as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's, like, pornography for women. Yeah. I read this one, and I was like, whoa, it's great. I loved it. That's like why everybody's so horny for Outlander. Yes. It's same. You know, it's literally, that's all it is, is like, and it, and that's what Shelley Long, I think that's what this movie is kind of setting up is Shelley Long is in a, I don't want to say loveless because I don't think it is, but it is a, where they've settled into their routines. Did you get that though? Because then there were times where 
Like, if that were the case, I would understand that. But I no, didn't they get that picture. Like, they seemed really, there's, after even after the dinner, the gone so, so horribly wrong. Like, they put their arms around each other and walked oh, yeah. into the kitchen to to clean up. And it seemed, and even though they had a child, I mean, they don't seem that all that concerned with her. They just don't seem, she doesn't seem like she's drowning in like a domestic prison there. And no, that no, not fantasy at all. novels are like her. But what you, I, I just d- couldn't quite tell what her own she, personal. She, was, she wasn't. Was. She did not seem to have. I will say, you know, I, I don't think they were. I don't think they were trying to set up that their marriage was bad at all. I think they had a good marriage, but it didn't have passion. I she was say. the lead character. She based the lead character in all her romance novels on her husband. Yeah. But now I feel like they're kind of settled into their thing and it's it's fine. Yeah. Like I like them as a couple genuinely, but I think she likes this the mystery novel of it is the unavailable. She likes the story more than the she's mm. like Reality. she's participating in the narrative of falling in love which you can't have once you you know, once you're on the other side of it, you know, the oh, believe me, I know. The will the Excuse whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, Excuse whoa. me. Believe me. Excuse I me. know. Excuse wow. you can't have me. It. You can't have it. June, Excuse and this is, I, I hate me. calling this out, but June, I can't help can but notice in your, in your Zoom window, you have an application for Second Husband University. Oops, didn't I? I gotta stop sharing Wait, screen. Hold on. No, don't. What is that? Second Husband University? It's a cumbersome <laughs> I, title, too. I, 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 it, it seems weird to me. I'm just noticing it now. No, I, I it, we have a lot of uh, incredibly romantic times. I mean, we uh, so many things, like so many things. I, I can't even think of them. That's oh, yeah. how many things. It's we host a comedy podcast. Why, where, why are you doing that thing where you move your hand across your neck? Like we should stop talking about this. Yeah, let's say yeah. Come on. Uh, anyway, so you know, obviously, this is our opinion about the movie, but there are people out there with a, <laughs> a different opinion. It is now time for a second. Opinions. The movie was a piece of shit. Yet this person recommends it. Tell me what is the message? Maybe that art is subjective. I need a second opinion. That, of course, was John Lejoie, the great John Lejoie. Um, all right, so don't tell her it's me, aka the boyfriend school. Eighty total reviews. I'm sorry. Um, did we touch on why there's two titles? I'm sorry if we oh, did. We uh, did just a little bit. It tested bad. The, the original title tested bad, and when it was on VHS, they kept the title, and then when it went to DVD, they switched the title, and now that's on streaming, they kept it at boyfriend school. So okay, so um, uh, it was uh, originally boyfriend school, then it yes. changed, and then it went back. Yes, because here's wow. the thing. Um, it's based on a book, uh, a, uh, which Boyfriend is called school. which Boyfriend's Boyfriend School. Boyfriend School. Yes. Okay. And that was written by Sarah Bird, who says um, she's the author of the film's source novel and the screenwriter for the film. And she told Texas Monthly Magazine, my exceedingly mediocre screenplay was made into an exceedingly mediocre movie. <laughs> uh, Texas, but, uh, Texas Monthly. <laughs> and so when this movie did come out, these are the other titles, which are pretty great. Two of Gus. What, <laughs> uh, what, what she, yeah, two of Gus, what she knew, uh, and then don't tell her it's me. And that's the opening song, Don't Tell Her It's Me. So as you're watching this like cancer Ziggy cartoon, oh. you're hearing like, Don't tell her it's me. But you're also like, What? I, how, I don't how does it know. Go? 
Don't tell her it's me. <laughs> I forget. I wish I had the lyrics. I would sing it. <laughs> um, um, oh, I didn't even pick up on that. One of those cumbersome, like, we made a song about the title of the movie, but it doesn't, it's not like a catchy title. Anyway, um, their AD reviews, 78% are, um, are five stars. And right now the DVD is out of print. So DVDs cost $50 and they've gone up to almost $100 what? in the past. Worth it. Um, this just came out on streaming, so you're welcome. That's why we're doing it. Um, but in the past, I will say this is a movie, and I'm forgetting whoever sent this to me, but we get sent movies all the time. This Not is a movie that I really wanted to do, and someone had a VHS of it, sent us a VHS, and then burned four DVDs for us. Oh, wow. um, and so the reason why we didn't do it until now is because it wasn't really readily available. Um, so here are some reviews, and I'm going to get into the ones that all kind of say the same thing, but I'll start off with this one from Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette writes, uh, the title is Sleeper, Big Sleeper. This movie is worth watching just for the little girl. Five stars. I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I, I loved that little girl. I loved her performance. I loved Would you just watch character. it just for the little girl? <laughs> That's how you just... All right, well, um, this other one goes a little bit off the rails as well. This is from uh, B. Lengrand, and he goes, I love Jamie Gertz ever since the Lost Boys movie. If you haven't seen it and you like vampires and Jason Patrick and the boyfriend school, you must see it. Oh, wow. It doesn't make sense. Basically, just saying if you like vampires, if you like, like the, the if you like the components of Lost Boys, <laughs> you'll like this movie. So because Jason Patrick and vampires are the two examples she uses, neither are in uh, boyfriend school. No, but Jamie Gertz is the connective tissue. And listen, I'd love to be connected to the, the Gertzaverse, you know, which is just all of the Gertz movies as one universe, <laughs> one shared narrative. By the way, I will say that uh, our Pete the S-Man uh, designed a, a Gish and Gertz shirt. It's pretty amazing. All the money from that shirt is going to Feeding America. We've already raised over... $7,000 in our shirts uh, so far uh, for oh, Feeding America. Jason's so holding it I'm up holding, right now. I'm holding mine up oh, yeah. right now on Zoom, only for Paul and June to see. I wear it often. It's I love a great it. shirt, I have it's to a great say. Shirt. It's one of my favorite t-shirts that we've uh, done. And it's, it's a great really good to one. like look in the mirror and see Annabeth Gish and Jamie Gertz looking back at me. You know? And Gish, Gish has reached out. She wants to be on the show. Uh, we got to get Gish on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, Listen, we're gushing for Gish. Uh, <laughs> another spinoff podcast. Um, this one... Uh, written by Pandora. We're Gish and uh, for Gertz? I don't know. We're Gertz and for Gertz? I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I did actually post my picture of me with my Jamie Gertz impersonator. I talk about that story on the podcast where I uh, ran a fake autographed uh, oh, uh, session at my Blockbuster video. And I posted that up on Instagram a couple weeks ago so you can scroll back and see. And people said that she looked like uh, she looked like Gertz and she was wearing a beeper. A lot of people pointed out she had a beeper on. Um, okay, I so, knew like two girls in high school who had oh, beepers and it was a really big deal. Oh, yeah. I'm, beepers were a real sign of status. Yes. I had a beeper when I moved to New York and no one ever really used it. And it was so upsetting. I like, always got to check my beeper. No one was Paul, calling me on it. please uh, don't make me cry. Uh, <laughs> if you listen, Paul, if you give me the number, I will send you every please once in a while, me. like a, you know, hey, a message. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. <laughs> but give me my number. Beat me lately. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, this is our from Pandora. If you're hopeless romantic with a twist of sensuality, then this movie is for you. I wish more men went to boyfriend school. Amen, sister. And now we get into my favorite reviews. Okay, here we go. 
This is from VM Korea. She writes, I saw this movie years ago and loved it. The other day on TV, I saw a movie starring Steve Gutenberg after so many years, and I fell in love with old Stevie again. Oh, him as Lobo, ladies. He looks hot, hot, hot. It's a total chick flick, and I love it. Five stars, The Boyfriend. And then it goes, and then this one is from Jay Rice. Love, love this movie. It will be a true classic. I'm sure every woman has fantasized that this would happen to her at one time or another. And it actually happened to me. What? Five stars. What do you mean? It actually <laughs> happened to her. How? <laughs> she met her know. Lobo. <laughs> um, and then this one is from Luna Real, and she goes, I am super excited to find this film on DVD after all my searching. If they had not changed the name, I would have owned it sooner. The old title, Don't Tell Her It Me, was better, but I'll take it out however I can own it. This is the best ever romantic comedy. Steve Gutenberg, not man enough? Well, all I have to say is I'd take him over your other Hollywood stars any day. Everyone drools. I think that's supposed to be drools. Everyone drools over Brad Pitt, and I'm thinking, have him. There is something about Steve Gutenberg that just draws me in. He is an amazing actor. He is the perfect man, and he did an awesome job in this film. He is amazing in high spirits as well. But this film is still the best. I am so thrilled I found it on DVD after all of my searching. Five stars, a classic, must-see, must-own, must-rewatch over and over again film. Wow. I'm worried for this. And listen, no shade to Steve Gutenberg. I, I think Steve Gutenberg is great in this movie. Terrific. And I think he looks great. And like, I think I, he's great in other movies from this yes. era as well. Fun fact yes. about Steve Gutenberg, a giant penis. I know this because on Howard Stern, he talks about it uh, often. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by giant? Yeah. Like, he, are we talking Willem Dafoe? I think we are talking William Defoe style penis. And okay. you know, he I think he does it's have that Defoean, BDE. Defoean yes. in its girth and length. I think he's got BDE. I think because it's funny, like, you know, this guy was a a sex symbol in the 80s. Like, and yeah. I think he carries himself with a man. Like he wouldn't well, that's be kind the, of the thing. Like that's kind of, okay. So that gets at a little bit of the question or the problem we have, which is regular Steve Gutenberg would Great. be, it's not like it's not like post-cancer, he looks like, and this is someone else I love, but this is no, sh so this is no shade to this person, but he doesn't look like Rick Moranis, mm -hmm. you know? He looks like Steve Gutenberg, who's like, yes. who's, I love, I love, love, love Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis, but like, he's like more stereotypically nerdy, quiet, withdrawn, yes. like you would believe he might need a Lobo, he might need a Lobo character. I think it's a funnier movie with Rick Moranis because there. He is a sex symbol that is transforming himself into a sex symbol. It's like if Chris Hemsworth did this movie, it's not that funny. It's like you already like if you if it's like Fat Thor. In I don't the think Avengers. it could be Chris Hemsworth. Maybe Liam Hemsworth. You know? Yeah. Now you're talking. Now we're <laughs> now we're talking. We're talking about the you know the, the you know Chris Hemsworth just too handsome. Liam Hemsworth though, to barf. Get him out of here. Uh, by I the way, Ryan right. And this is no disrespect to Steve Gutenberg's performance, which I think is great. But when he has those moments of like the quick changes from Lobo back to Gus, they are, I mean, I enjoyed all of it, but they're not as sharp because he, we know he looked yes. great as he was. And um, we know his personality is winning. Like he is yes. a charming, winning, compelling person, you know, as Gus. Like we don't, we, I, it never occurs to me that Gus himself 
would be incapable of getting uh, Jamie Gertz's attention. You know what I mean? Well, Gus as a well man. That's what I mean. Yes, a healthy Gus. I mean, a yes, healthy is what, Gus. Is, what I'm, is yes. what I mean to say, yes. And I don't say that to disrespect unhealthy Gus, but he just... It, he carries himself like, what the, and that's the other thing about unhealthy Gus. Like when he's sick and recovering, he, and I understand the, he, he is recovering from an incredibly serious illness, but you don't get the sense necessarily that he does have a personality. Yes. Underneath that. You know it, what the, I mean? Like, the movie seems to be setting up that he's like a reclusive cartoonist who has no right. facility with women, who's unattractive to women. They, they, the beginning of the movie sets up a thing that would require a makeover, but the reality by casting Steve Gutenberg is all he really needs is time to get better, and he's going to be back to being charming, normal, big-dicked yeah. goot, ready yeah, to fucking... That, that, that we all love. Ready to go to Pound Town. You know, just give him a minute, Shelley Long. You don't have to turn him into someone else just to make him attractive. No. He's a totally... No, like he's literally, a, let just let him recover from a life-threatening illness. Let him heal. Or, him but heal. but here, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. When Lobo shows up, she literally is gushing. If Steve Gutenberg shows up, he's got to do a little bit of work. So Shelley Long is like, you know what? Let's get to the gush. But you know, like she Listen, basically we're all we're all gushing for Gertz. And I gish. mean, so let's get let's gish let's let's, <laughs> let's gush gish, let's gush let's Gertz let's do this. They, I mean, there's another <laughs> T-shirt in here somewhere. Let's By the way, Gertz. let's gush and gush and Gertz. Um, I will tell you this much: the tagline for this movie is so terrible. I've just it's on the poster. All right, so they don't want to obviously show bald Steve Gutenberg in a fat suit. So they just have the drawing of regular Steve Gutenberg. And this is the tagline for the movie on the poster. Gus, number one, didn't have a ghost of a chance until he became Gus, number two. With his new looks, the girl of his dreams is about to find out that looks are only skin deep when she falls in love with Gus, number one, and Gus number two. Oh my god! That, that is written. Oh my that god. is written on the poster. It is like in four <laughs> blocks of text on the poster. That doesn't for, make any sense at all. And and by the way, it's the number sign one and the number sign two. It's like this is Gus number one. This huh. is Gus number two. The movie cost six point seven million dollars in nineteen ninety. Um, they Steve appear Gu to have shot it all in New Orleans, like uh, all on South location. Carolina. Yes. Actually, oh, they South shot Carolina? it in South right before Charleston. the hurricane. Yeah, Charleston, right before the hurricane. Oh, okay, got um, it. And uh, so basically, the movie cost six point seven. Gutenberg gets a record one million dollars at oh, this wow. time to do this movie. The uh, domestic gross of the film one point one million dollars. Yikes! Yeah, this movie lost lost some money. Huh. But by the way, why wouldn't you go see it? It's a you have all the elements of uh, it of must something have here. it must have just had well, I mean, like that explanation on the poster says it all. Like if, <laughs> if this is an era where you know there wasn't streaming, there wasn't anything, so you just you know I my primary understanding of movies at that time was the poster, and that poster is confounding. I mean, yeah, and I, I wonder if this is the end of like Gutenberg's reign of at the box office too. I don't know where this falls. Yeah, this is and also Shelley Long. Where are we in Shelley Long's trajectory? Like, mm. you know, I'm assuming this is post Cheers. Is this in the era of big business? Uh, um, oh. um, Troop Beverly Hills, right? 
Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm trying to get you all the details. Uh, Shelley Long in Troop Beverly Hills is one of my favorite performances. Shelley Long is like legitimately one of my like young from my childhood like comedy icons. Me too. Like, uh, it made me appreciate her. I loved her when I was a kid, but it made me appreciate how good she was. This so movie, good. like the scene where that made me laugh out loud, where. Um, uh, Jamie Gertz rides the motorcycle to the airport pre 9-11 she's allowed to walk wherever she wants in the airport to oh find my Steve <laughs> Gutenberg um, she finds Steve Gutenberg whatever and then we cut all the way out to Shelley Long in her Volvo with enormous, enormous. binoculars Those binoculars watching are so them giant. from like four miles away and she's like well <laughs> well Piglet we did it you know like, I, this made me laugh so hard. This is the, so this strange. is where I was like, see, this movie gets what it's doing because it's giving you this beat where an absurd thing is happening. This is There's crazy. There's so many absurd things like that, though. Like, I, I don't, I thought it was tonally all over the place. Yes. But, like, but there are moments like that and where she's carrying that enormous fish having a very serious, convert, like, trophy fish having a serious conversation with her brother about, like, how she's destroyed his life. And is like rotating it back and forth. And, you know, there are moments that are totally absurdist. Oh, her relationship with her daughter is insane. But I wish the movie leaned into that or was more consistent with it. I wish the movie had been, I wish the movie had been about Shelley Long. Oh, that's interesting. That's a more interesting movie to me. And that the others are supporting players to her meddling and that she needs to learn a lesson in not meddling because it causes harm. She is, in fact, rewarded for committing a crime. If she was single and she's doing so much work on getting everybody else in a relationship, but she's not found her own relationship, that's a fun turn. Sure. Uh, I did some research. Steve Gutenberg and Shelley Long, this seems to be the end of their big box office draw. Shelley Long has one more movie that's like where she's really leading it called Frozen Assets with her and um, Corbin Burnson. Where, the, where it basically just says, a man is hired to run a bank, which turns out to be a sperm bank. And then uh, <laughs> and then Steve Gutenberg, uh, the, the, the next big By movie the way, he does. I, I feel like we have to do that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know I, I kind of I'm kind of interested in it. And then the uh, Steve Gutenberg follow-up to this was Three Men and a Little Lady. And then he's just kind of playing dad roles after this. So this is kind of an interesting... Uh, moment in both of their careers because before this it is hello again it's troop beverly hills it's yeah. money pit it's steve gutenberg is doing a bunch of stuff too um i mean i think we've already said What's it but money pit money pit for me i money know i pit, said troop so beverly good. hills but maybe it's money pit money pit I mean, is my favorite she's just i mean and I also watch that the seasons of cheers that she did are just unparalleled sure. comedic performance that's where i was like i'm obsessed with this person this is an unbelievable like Who's better, persona. Shelley Long, Shelley Long, or why am I forgetting her name right now? Kirstie uh, Alley, Kirstie Alley, Shelley yeah. Long, oh, Shelley Long, yeah. all day, yeah. every day. So much BS. Yeah, so Sam much and better. Diane, Sam and Diane. Like to me, the two, and this is probably why I'm still single. The two models for me are Sam and Diane, and uh, Maddie and David from Moonlighting. David Addison oh. and uh, uh, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis in Moonlighting. I'm like, that's, Get moon that's what love looks like. Always fighting and working it out. <laughs> Get Moonlighting streaming on some. I mean, there's a million streaming places that Moonlighting is still not streaming anywhere. I, moonlighting, I cannot, I cannot recommend enough as an amazing 
TV series that is just straight screwball comedy. I uh, love Moonlighting. For the 80s. Guys, we've really done it. I think we recommend this movie, right? I mean, we oh, recommend absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. So fun. So fun. Great. Really silly. Really silly in a way that I was surprised that it kept doing yeah. good. Like every beat that the daughter, Annabelle slash uh, Pig, Piglet, has that they chose to give her all of these kind of like weird things where she's like engaging with industrial elements was really making, I was like, this is a funny, weird bit Mm -hmm. that I'm so grateful is in this, what would otherwise have been without those kind of absurd moments would have been like a little bit less interesting of a movie, obviously. So great. Uh, Well, uh, let's go around the horn. Does anybody have anything to promote, talk about anything at all? Um, No, not really. Uh, and a big thank you to uh, Devin, who is our engineer, Cody, our producer, Avril Halley, who watches movie, found our amazing clips. Uh, also, Nate Kylie does all of our research. Uh, the ghost of Craig T. Nelson, who's designing some amazing looking art. You can see it all on the How Did This Get Made Instagram page. We will be back with a mini episode next week. You can give us a call at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-Paul-Ask. We can talk about your life. We've gotten into a lot of life problems and we can talk about this movie, uh, leave a message. Uh, and you can also hear from Blake Harris, who has a great interview lined up last week. He interviewed the director of Ninja three abomination. He talked about the V eight sex scene. You can listen to that on the, uh, mini episode. Wow. It's a great interview. Is He's there been any, getting... anything particularly noteworthy that I should know? It was his idea, and he'll tell you why he thought oh, it was a good that's idea. Great. So, um, uh, and I'm also going to put up the video of that as well. But he's been getting Blake has been getting some amazing, amazing interviews. Also, the producer Al Ruddy, who like produced The Godfather, but also produced some of the movies that we've done here on the show. So he's been uh, having some fun people talk. So hopefully, we'll get Steve Gutenberg to weigh in, or maybe even Shelley Long. Who knows? Um, amazing. All right, we will see you uh, next week. Thank you, everybody at Earwolf. Thank you for listening. Uh, bye for now. Bye. Bye.